Well, welcome to another edition of Pierre's Podcast. I am your host, Pastor Pierre Mayo, and it is great to be with you guys again. Listen, today we will be talking about a better version of you. This will be part two of a uh, two-part series that we'll be concluding today, and we'll be looking at Titus 3, 1 through 8. But before we jump off into that, I must inform you, you are listening to Pierre's podcast, which is listener-supported radio by listeners just like you. Listen, we cannot do this without your support, without your help. So if you'd like to make a donation, I will encourage you to go to Pierre's podcast. That's Pierre's podcast, P-I-E-R-R-E. P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. And there you can find out more information about our 501c3 status and how you can become a contributing partner to help us continue to further the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on not only this radio station, but throughout the world. And now, our message for today. Titus 3, 1 through 8 says, Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Once we too were foolish and disobedient, we were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. Last week, we talked about how we are ambassadors in our concluding statement uh, of, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and how God has placed us in this earth to be an example for the world to see. When you think of what an ambassador does, they go into a foreign country and represent their government at the highest levels. We as believers represent our Lord, our King, here on this earth at the highest levels. How are you representing our kingdom? How are you representing our Lord and Savior's kingdom? Titus 3 and 2 again says, They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. As an ambassador of any great country, 
he or she does not have the right to make an executive call. They only have the right to offer diplomacy to try to address the issues that lay at hand from the powers that be. Listen, God expects us to represent him correctly to a sin-lost world. And how do we do it? We do it by representing the power that be, which is our Lord and Savior, representing him based on the information in his word that he's given us to be the example for the world to see. Are you living your life to be an example for the world to be? Or are you living your life for yourself? This verse, which is connected to verse one, is important for so many reasons, but mainly because proof is in the doing. It's in the action. He moves from reminding them to they must. In other words, verse two is a command. This is not optional. This is a mandate. It is expected if you are who you say you are. So you say you are a Christ follower, then good. This is what you must do to prove it. Number one, stop slandering. Remember, slanderers were liars. Cretes were liars. And so Paul's whole point and what he's saying to us is to not lie because it doesn't give a best representation of our Lord and Savior, of the kingdom we're a part of, of the kingdom we represent as ambassadors. Number two, stop quarreling. Remember, they love to argue and fight. That's what they live for. And Paul's whole point was to say, you have to stop doing these very things. So Paul's telling them to stop being what you used to be. You belong to a new family and your new father now is not like your father before. Our new father is our Lord and Savior, our Heavenly Father, who has adopted us into his family. He is the King of Kings. We are representatives of his kingdom as ambassadors. Well, who was their father before? Look at what John 8 and 44 says. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lies. Then Paul, he gives them the option to choose to be different instead of being full of Satan. Be full of your adopted father. Be reborn, be made new. No, no, no. Well, pastor, what does it mean to be made new? Well, number one, it means to be gentle. This is the new you, grow up. Number two, be truly humble. Look like Christ to everyone. No one should be looking at you 
with an arched eyebrow, trying to determine, are you really who you say you are? Colossians 3, 10 through 14 says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Verse 11 says, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 13 says, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. 14, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Are you clothed in love like Christ our Lord? Or are you quarrelsome like Satan? Be honest with yourself. On a scale of one to 10, how much are you clothed in the love of Christ? What can you do to improve? Christ becomes the example for our sake. Paul gives Titus a quick reminder of what they used to be like so that Titus can look on them with compassion. How often do we look down on those not walking with Christ and say how we are so much better than them? We don't have to open our mouths to say anything. We do it through our actions. The world around us is dying spiritually and physically, which means they're dying again spiritually, only this time eternally. He reminds Titus how this is so. May I remind you, my friend, of how we were once foolish and disobedient too, misled and slaves to many lusts, desires, and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other because of our color of skin, political affiliation, theological differences, just to name a few. We looked nothing like our Heavenly Father, but much like our Father here on earth. So much so that look at what Ephesians says. Ephesians 2, 1 through 6 says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience, in your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But look at what 4 says. 4 says, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Isn't that powerful? Think about that, reflect on that. Verse six says, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with 
Christ Jesus. Now, Paul goes into what some scholars and theologians believe is a poem or creedal confession of that time that many would have known. It is this beautiful display of God's love and grace for us. Now, as a Cretan, this would have resonated with them. Again, being religious, this would have jumped out at them as this was read to them. This would have encouraged and charged them on so many levels. And Paul knew this. He was very intelligent and used all his understanding to convey this message to the Cretan churches. Listen to all the adjectives Paul uses to drive home one point. Jesus saves us, this I know, for this creed tells me so. Remember, they didn't have the Bible like we do today. And these are Gentiles who would have knew very little and could care less about the Hebrew text. Paul needed to reach them with what they knew. These were people who are the creators of demigods. These people were Olympians. They only knew over-the-top exuberance. Sound familiar? When you have it all and are set on looking at things through your culture only, you can only be reached by your culture only. Titus 2, 11 and 12, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. What is the grace of God? His loving kindness and favor. But more importantly, what's been revealed, Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We are given clear instructions from the word of God to turn from our wicked ways and live a life that is focused on the things of God. And that concludes our study for today. For more information on Pierre's podcast, please visit our website at www.pierrespodcast.com. There you can find out how to become a supporting partner as we are a 501c3 ministry and you can help us further the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You can also check out our Facebook page, Pierre's Podcast, as well as also on YouTube. We have Pastor Pierre Mail, and you can check us out there as well. And you have been listening to Pierre's Podcast. Bye-bye.